Welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our goal is to reframe, simplify, and focus on our mission to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. We discuss reaching new people and raising up leaders while removing the barriers of churchianity. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and resource provider at ericbryant.org. In today's episode, I'm joined by Dave Ferguson, an award-winning author, president of the Exponential Conference, and founding and lead pastor of one of America's most influential churches, Community Christian in Chicago. Well, I'm excited to have with me today Dave Ferguson. How are you doing, Dave? Doing good, Eric. How are you doing, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. Well, tell us, what are the latest adventures you've been on uh, there in Chicago? Uh, the latest adventures I've been on are my butt sitting in this chair for like the last five months. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure it's like this. I mean, I would, I had a, you know, a trip to Germany canceled, I had a trip to Australia canceled. I've had, I mean, just, you know, and then all the domestic stuff that you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, I think the only time I've left Chicago so far since March was I had a great aunt who died. Mm-hmm. and um, went to Missouri for just there and back because they wanted me to do, be a part of the funeral. And that's, that's really the only exception. Otherwise, this is it. Wow. Well, yes, it's been an unusual time. And for you, I mean, you, you lead in multiple arenas. You have the church planning network. You know, you train church planners. You have your church. Uh, what are you seeing in your personal ministry? But what are you also seeing in terms of innovations and struggles across all those you influence? Yeah, I mean, it depends on, I guess, which hat you're talking about. I mean, because we could go down the exponential route because there's some things we're doing there that are pretty exciting. There's also some things that are really neat happening with a new thing. But I, I mean, I could even start with what we're doing locally as a church. Um, I, I, You just barely touched on it there, but I am kind of convinced that this is a fo- time for us to kind of focus on the things that we can do and not necessarily get preoccupied with what we can't do. Because I think there are a ton of things right now that we can do that can make a huge difference, that can move the mission forward. Um, and so one of the things that we really kind of, as a, as, a, as a team at Community, have really said, okay, this window of time where there is, there's a whole lot of stuff that feels uncertain and there's a whole long list of things we can't do. Um, Let's 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 take this as a gift to really like innovate. Because um, candidly, if you try some things and they don't work, nobody's going to blame you because nothing's working. <laughs> right. So whatever you do, don't just you know. I mean, I'm I'm literally sitting on my butt. But at least from a leadership style, don't just sit on your butt. I mean, let's try some things now because it's. It, I just feel like right now is a great opportunity to do exactly that. I love it. That's great. And then what are some of the innovations, whether locally or through some of the churches in the new thing yeah. network? I mean, one of the things here locally that, that we've done is um, we can start with, um, I'll, I'll go two different directions. Um, one is around, is just simply around small groups. We have just gone all in on, on, on with what we're doing with our groups. And um, I've, we're, we're at, we actually have about a thousand more people in small groups this summer than we did last summer. Wow. Not quite double. Um, but one of the things that we're seeing that is going to help people get through what they're going through is relationships. Now, granted, most of them right now are still on Zoom, but some of them are getting to a place where they, they feel comfortable meeting face to face. But 
that is a thing that is both, I think, for our individual people, the support that they need, but then even as a church, too, that's keeping them connected to the broader church and keep the, keeping them engaged, keeping them serving, keeping them giving. So it's, it's serving both of those purposes. Um, even at our student ministry, um, we actually, I mean, we, we've done a ton of different things with our student ministry. We have a very, very large student ministry. And, um, you know, we were in our large group. We put it on Instagram. And, but, but we just weren't getting engaged with the students, not like we were when we were in person. So we just take, we're taking this whole month. We just shut that down. And all of our student ministry people are going back to square zero and saying, okay, how do we get every one of these students in a group? to make sure they're getting connected with each other, with another adult. And the response we're getting so far is remarkable. Mm. And surprisingly, we're doing the, we're doing, we're doing the same thing with our kids. We kind of went full on with the Facebook and digital experience for large group stuff. And some of it is actually is working for the kids better. But what we're doing now is we're going, how do we get all these kids even in a, you know, and there have to be very small numbers, but um, as far as, student uh, teacher ratio, but that's, 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 that's really working. Um, so I'm, I'm, I am very encouraged about that. And, um, so we're, we're really holding off on gathering in person and we're putting all our energy in that feeling like that's something that's going to work either during COVID and post COVID. And so far it's panning out. That's fantastic. Well, and I, I feel like, like you said, this is a chance to kind of etch a sketch. Let's get rid of things that we were just holding on to that there's no reason to keep doing. Uh, how are you seeing outreach working? Are you able to connect with new people through these groups? Are you seeing people that may not have been a part of your church before starting to watch online? And how do you even find out if they're there? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, again, is, I mean, has been a very pleasant surprise has been, I mean, both we have people who are actually getting connected through our groups who are now outside of Chicagoland. Um, one example is that we have uh, one person who is a part of our church who, I mean, they've been praying for a friend, a relative of theirs, actually a relative of theirs who lives in New Jersey for years. You know, in our language, we talk about helping people find their way back to God. Really want to see that happen for this person. And this person you know, it's been in this, the last five months, they've actually got in one of our small groups and they're now taking steps back to God. Um, our alpha groups, um, we're seeing people all across the country connected to our alpha groups. And so that's another one of the things that we're pushing really all in. Um, so, you know, where before we had 10 locations, uh, in Chicago, plus we're in, in two prisons here in the Chicago area, which was awesome. I mean, now, you know, we know cause we have the digital data on it that we're in every, every state and about 40 different countries. Hmm. Um, you know, every week and what we're trying to do is find a better more find better and better ways to how to now we help help those people take the next steps and get in these groups like we're talking about that's fantastic how, how did you lead your staff to be able to make this kind of pivot i'm sure for some this may have been difficult yeah i think it's i i well we've always really emphasized relationships and we've always said if there was only one thing that we could do as a church the one thing that we would do is we continue to meet in small groups, which I think is, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do, I think it's, even though we've said that, I think it's been hard not being able to gather in person. Um, 
but I think I think that we're I think that we're seeing the the payoff of it, and that's that's really motivated our staff. One of the one of the things we had to do pretty early on, within the first probably within about a month or so, we we began to go, okay, this is going to last past Easter, and we took a look at our whole staff, and we realized there's some people who are doing a lot more than they were before. There's some people doing about the same, and there's some people who are going like. It's not that I don't want to. I, just, I don't got anything to do. If you're, you know, if you're one of the worship pastors at site number seven, it's kind of like, and you're not gathering, it's just, there's not as much to do. Right. And we took the whole staff and really reorged the whole thing and said, okay, in this season, um, you don't really have so much as a job description. What you have is you have a mission. Mm. And basically we reorged it. We said, okay, everybody, here's, some people you have one hat, you know, some of you have two hats, some of you have three hats, and here's, here's what they are. And then trying not to make it too complicated, we also said we're kind of throwing out the idea that we have a blueprint of here's how you do church, but instead we have a playbook. And here's three or four different – we actually laid out three different plays we could run as a church to adapt to whatever COVID does. Yeah. Whether it's going to be completely shut down or whether it's going to be, you know, groups of 12 or groups of 50 or we get back to normal. Um, and so we've been sticking to that. And uh, so far, and again, I mean, that and a lot of praying for James 1-5 wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, God has been very, very kind. And I'm super grateful for where we are right now. That's beautiful. That's great to hear. What, what about when you're uh, reaching out to that, I think you said, uh, it was an aunt in New Jersey. H- how are you mobilizing your people to start thinking differently? Like this is an opportunity to reach out to people that may not have ever come on a Sunday uh, pre-coronavirus. How are you motivating and mobilizing uh, your church to be the church? In some ways, it's we're, we're using the same practices that we used before, but we've just had to shift how we adapt them. And that's one of the things we've been stressing both with our staff team and our whole church, that the church by God's design was built to be, to adapt to any situation and not just survive, but actually thrive. And it's our job is like, okay, how do we adapt to this, this current context? And so um, one of the things that, that, that we've stressed for the last several years and we use what we call the blessed practices mm-hmm. and the blessed practices are practices they're really just to help people uh, engage with other people. Uh, I mean, I kind of joke sometimes it's really just kind of one-on-one on how to become a friend with somebody. Mm-hmm. And those are things that work pre-COVID and during COVID, and they're going to work post-COVID. Um, I, I could give them to you real briefly if you... Yeah, if you yeah please. Yeah. So the blessed practice is basically, um, this goes back to Genesis chapter 12. And, you know, God told Abraham, say, Abraham, listen, I'm going to bless you. But it's not just for you to keep to yourself. No, you're going to be a blessing to the whole world. And I think that was God's strategy from the very beginning, that his people would always be a blessing to the whole world. And um, so we began to look at uh, kind of the life of Jesus. What did he do to bless other people? And we began to kind of outline some of those things. And we actually uh, were able to take it and put it into a real real simple kind of acrostic, B-L-E-S-S, and these five missional practices that if you'll do just one of these every day, if you'll just do one of these every day, you really can. It's, it's a great way for you to love your neighbor and we even say, and maybe change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it starts with B, which is begin with prayer. And again, this is something that worked pre and it works during work post COVID. So who are the folks that God has put you in proximity with? Um, like when this, we first went into shutdown and we, you know, my wife, one of the first things she did is she began to, she started texting all of our neighbors. Mm-hmm. It was just checking in on them. But in addition to that, she's also praying for them. And so the B stands for pray. So whoever it is you're close to, you just begin with prayer. And, and if you'll just do one of these every day, we tell people that counts. Because Christians always know, does that count? Does that, yeah, it counts. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, the L stands for listen. Uh, unfortunately, I think most of us are more known for our talking, like I'm doing right now, than our listening. And, um, but if you will just shut up and let other people tell their story, they will, they will share with you kind of their points of pain and you'll get to know them. And that's what, that's, that's really how you build a relationship. That's good. Um, you see, I mean, and it's fascinating. You go through the gospels. Jesus always is asking questions. In fact, he's asking more questions than almost anything he does. And when he does, then he listens. Yeah. Even before he heals somebody, hey, would you like to be healed? I mean, he has, he, they have to respond. Yeah. The E stands for eat. And now some of the times this has been a little harder, um, but we're at a place now to where you, you can. I mean, you, you know, with social distancing, you can. We'll have, we'll have people, I'm looking at my, my back porch there. We've got a fire pit. We'll have people over. Um, and if you can, anything you can do then to bring closer relational proximity, and there's nothing like eating. I mean, think about maybe when your wife and you were first dating. I mean, that first date was probably, hey, want to grab some lunch? You know, want to go to dinner? I mean, there's something that brings you closer together around food. And we see that in the life of Jesus. Just, I mean, think about even Zacchaeus. He just, he actually goes to Zacchaeus and said, hey, can I come over? Right. That's right. <laughs> he doesn't even invite him to his house. He says, can I come to your house? Yeah. And I think the eating, um, and it might be coffee or whatever it is. And we actually have some people that'll do that even over Zoom mm. just to connect with, their, especially when you can't any other way. Yeah. Uh, the first, then this first S of the two is serve. Um, after you've prayed for somebody, you listen to somebody and you've eaten with them, they will tell you how to love them. Mm. They'll tell you. And then that, then you, then you try to serve them that way. And then the last S is story. And that's where you get a chance to share your story about how Jesus has changed your life. And, um, I, I think sometimes we get screwed up. We get so, and I've certainly done this. Oh my goodness. Especially as a younger leader, so eager to tell your story and in some ways check the box of proclamation that we, um, we do it just to kind of maybe appease our own conscience or so I kind of did it. But I think if we wait and tell our story, when people ask, then it has a lot more power. And yeah, we, We've seen we've seen people over and over and over again come to faith as we use these blessed practices, and uh, so we've asked people to hey no we're continuing to do that we're continuing to do that except now we can do it online we can do it in, in other different kinds of ways. I love it. Well, we we have adopted bless here at Gateway in Austin. Uh, John Burke came across that a few years ago, and but the way you describe it, I love that idea of just do one of them every day and you know, just make a little bit of progress every day. And you'll be amazed what God's able to do with that. You know, in the terms of uh, your groups, how, how do you disciple someone, even those coming from a post-Christian background? What are you seeing helping? Uh, Gen Z, it's, uh, according to uh, researchers, says uh, only 4% of Gen Z has a biblical worldview. So, and they're also the most post-Christian generation, the first truly post-Christian generation. How do we 
disciple and help them understand what it means to walk in the way of Jesus? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes when you read those kind of surveys, you get a little freaked out because you go, oh my gosh, they don't have a biblical worldview. But we also have to remember, I mean, it's only been the last how many hundred years that people could even read the Bible. <laughs> right? That's right. And so, wow, I didn't think of this. I'll, I'll say something that might be heresy, and maybe I'll take it back later. Maybe we <laughs> to have so much as a biblical worldview as a Jesus worldview. That's good. I like it. And and I think what Jesus did is um, there's a there's there's a, there's a there's, I think it's I don't you have to you have to have your uh, everybody check this out. I think it's John three twenty or something right in there. In John three where Jesus basically there's a small little phrase where it talks about Jesus and his disciples. And he just says, and Jesus spent some time with them, Mm. spent some time with them. And it's this Greek word diatribo. Mm. And basically diatribo is like this composite of two different words that um, I think it's diatribo. And the word is um, basically it means like to rub off. Mm. And basically it means that Jesus spent some time kind of just rub it off on them. Mm. And I really like the way Dallas Willard in his writing talks about discipleship. He talks about as apprenticing with Jesus. And I think that's exactly what happened with the 12. They apprenticed with him. They just hung out with him. They were close enough relationship that, that I think, I think if they were, if, if you were to have them take an assessment, yes, they would have a biblical worldview, but maybe more importantly, they had a Jesus worldview. And so what, one of the things that we really stress is how do we get, those, the kind of people you're talking about, Gen Z, how do we get them and other folks, candidly, because there are some differences, but we're also a whole lot alike. How do we get them in close proximity to other people? How do we get them in relationship? How do we get them apprenticing? And uh, so if we can get them in, in a group where, I mean, there's other people who are really trying to live out the life of Jesus, and they only have to be a step or two ahead of them. Yeah. And their diatribo, they're rubbing off on them. What they're really doing is they're kind of rubbing a little bit of Jesus off on them. For us, um, and there are things that we augment that with, you know, we have classes and those kind of things that people can take. But the primary way that we we would help someone grow in their relationship with Jesus, disciple them, is we, we just talk about apprenticing with Jesus. And that happens through relationships with other people who are just a little further along. That's great. I love it. Well, you'd mentioned earlier, there's some exciting things going on with Exponential, which, by the way, you know, the follow up with what, you're talking about exponential.org, newthing.org, communitychristian.org. And uh, tell us some of the exciting things that are happening there. Well, um, this afternoon, um, I'm going over to a, one of our locations, and uh, Albert Tate, Albert's meeting me over there. You know, Albert. Yeah. And um, we're going to actually record um, three or four videos. They're going to be introduction videos for. Uh, what Exponential is doing next. Uh, our plan had been to do our eight regionals. We do the big conference in Orlando, then we have our regionals all across the country in most major cities. Um, when George Floyd was killed, uh, Todd Wilson, Todd and I started Exponential together. Um, Todd and I had a conversation um, because our theme back in March had been together, the great collaboration around John 17. Mm-hmm. And the, the application of it was, hey, get in a network or start a network, church planning network. That's our big you know, emphasis. I think both of us, post-George Floyd, 
felt like maybe God had given us that particular theme for a different reason. Mm. And um, we made the decision saying, you know what, we're going to take these regionals. Um, we probably can't pull them off anyway. We're going to put them, we're going to instead do a hundred round tables across the country. And we're going to take that same theme together, the great pursuing the great collaboration and instead apply it to race and biblical unity. Love it. And uh, so since we're two white guys, um, we don't know as much about it. We certainly haven't had the experience that um, our African-American brothers and sisters have had. So we got on the phone and Zoom calls and stuff. I started talking to folks like Albert, uh, like Ephraim Smith, uh, Leonce Crump, other people who are part of the kind of the exponential family and said, hey, here's what we're thinking about doing <clears throat> coaches. And so um, we're kind of going all in and saying, hey, how do we have a conversation? And um, it's interesting. And I'd encourage you and any of your people listening to be praying about this because the feedback we're getting from other people is um, that's great. You're doing that. You do know that that could like blow up exponential. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, um, yeah, so we're taking the risk and uh, cause we think it's that important of a topic that, um, and we also feel like kind of providentially that God's kind of given us this platform and this theme. And so we're going to go kind of full in, um, we're getting some coaching from some really good people, too. Uh, I don't know if you know Chuck Ming at Crossroads and Troy Jackson. Mm-hmm. They run the Undivided program. And so they're going to coach us. And, okay, how do we learn and lean in and listen to one another? Because I think just to have different people do, and we got some great communicators uh, who are going to be uh, on video for these roundtables. But we also want to make sure that we do a, a – the right kind of facilitation around these roundtables, So we kind of coach each other on how do we have a listening learning posture so we all can kind of take steps close to each other. So yeah, that's up and that's, that's beautiful. Be pretty excited about that. I think that's so important. I feel like, you know, God allowed this pandemic. And one of the things that it exposed was just the incredible uh, challenge it is to still be an African-American in our country with so many working on the front lines, so many being exposed while, um, and then obviously with the tragedies with Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, it, it just gives the church a chance to be at the forefront. I, my prayer is that we're at the forefront of this conversation, that we can move past the sins of our fathers, you know, and, and actually create the kind of uh, kingdom that we're supposed to, as it is in heaven, so to speak. So thank you for being out in the forefront of that conversation and for what you're doing in all of these different ministry areas. Really grateful for you, Dave. Well, let's, I mean, let's not overstate it. Cause I mean, in some ways I think the church has been at the forefront of this conversation for years and years and years, but it just hasn't been the white part of the church. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I do find as I'm talking to some of my black brothers and sisters that they are, they seem to be encouraged that there are more white voices that are joining them finally. That's great. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I am hopeful and um, we're all in. Love it. Well, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for being with us, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Post-Christian Podcast. More resources available at ericbryant.org.